0: Father in heaven, we pray that you would forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We ask for your Holy Spirit to refresh and revive us as we consider what's happening in our world. Looking at it from a biblical perspective, please give us discernment. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema, your host for another 30-minute news broadcast today. And I've got a whole different variety of news topics This first one, I could not believe what I was reading when I came across this. This headline in the entire article sounds as if it's satire, but this is the insane, crazy world in which we live. UK Sun reports, prison food, parents who force, now remember, this is an actual headline. This is not fake news. Prison food. Parents who force vegan diets on their kids may face four years in jail in Italy because it, quote, could leave them brain damaged. Parents who enforce a vegan or vegetarian diet on their children in Italy could soon be jailed for up to four years. Have you noticed so far how the article is using the word force? In other words, the diet that you choose for your family and as parents in the home, every family has to make a choice about what kind of food consumption will take place in their home. This is an act of force when it's vegan, of course, or vegetarian. By the way, if you don't know the word vegan, this is a term referring to an exclusively plant-based diet. Consuming 100% of the diet in healthy whole grains vegetables, fruits, nuts, legumes, seeds, every form of wonderful plant food, which God provided in the Garden of Eden. This is the biblical diet, the original biblical diet. And it's coming under fire here in Italy. Proposed new laws would make it an offense to deprive children of the nutrients essential for their growth. So the implication that's being implied here in the article is that you need to eat meat and eggs and dairy in order to, quote, have the nutrients essential for growth. Elvira Savino from Italy's Center Right Forza Party says her bill will prevent radicalized diets from being imposed on youngsters. Again, the rhetoric continues eating God's way, the, the, the diet that he prescribed in the Garden of Eden for the best health of his children, Adam and Eve. They were not to be killing animals and eating during that time. And in the new earth, when Jesus comes again and then he restores this earth and we have peace once again in the animal kingdom, this will be a time where the lion lies down with the lamb and so on, so we will not be killing and eating animals at that time, but this is a radicalized diet, according to the Italian government of this article in the UK Sun, that is being imposed on youngsters, so this has huge religious liberties implications i mean you can look at the the media bias of this you can talk about the nutritional debates that are out there and the, the fad diets and all of that but probably the most important the single most important message coming out of this is hey hold on wait a minute whatever happened to the authority and liberty of the family this institution that god has created for the preservation of his truth upon the earth the family is under attack in this article more than anything else And by the way, there is a place for the state, for social services, if parents are being completely neglectful. In fact, there were a a number of instances where people in Italy were not feeding their kids a properly nutritious diet. And they're being cited as the reason for now we need to crack down on all families who go exclusively plant-based. The article goes on and says, this is an amazing statement. Vegetarian and vegan diets, and I'm reading literally in the article, vegetarian and vegan diets lack, can lack, zinc, iron, omega-3. Now, hold on just a second. That wasn't proper grammar, There, You can see in the article that they started to write vegetarian and vegan diets lack zinc, iron, omega-3, and so on. But then they realized, well, actually, that is overshooting the case a little bit because it depends on what the family is eating. Vegan just means no meat, dairy, eggs. It doesn't tell you about what you are eating. So if you're subsisting on Mountain Dew and fries, well, technically that would be vegan because there's no animal products involved there. But that would be a obviously unhealthy diet. So vegan isn't really anything in itself. It's just the absence of animal products. So they had to change it to vegetarian and vegan diets can lack zinc, iron, omega-3, and so on. But so can any diet, right? I mean, you could you could subsist on junk food of, of any kind and still lack nutrients. But what does it say there? It says that these diets in in particular can lack zinc, iron, omega 3 and vitamin D, B12 she claimed. Uh that those those are particular nutrients that every single one of those you can gain from plant sources and living a healthy well-balanced lifestyle. I won't go into all of that. You can get this stuff from the sun, vitamin D. Omega-3s from, from seeds, flax seeds, uh, iron from raisins and other sources, uh, goji berries. You get your zinc from from pumpkin seeds. and I mean, all over the place in the plant kingdom, you've got everything you need. There's a fantastic documentary on this, by the way, about healthy living. It's called Ancient Health, Eight Secrets to Ancient Health. Check that out at 11thHourDispatch.com. That goes into a whole way of living that's different from what the world tells us is healthy. But continuing on with this issue of the crackdown on vegan families in Italy, it says, and if her bill is successful, imposing such a diet on someone under 16 would become a criminal offense. The country has been rocked in recent months by a series of child hospitalizations caused by vegan diets. An amazing statement again in the article. No, it was caused by parental neglect and lack of nutrition You know how many healthy vegan families there are? I see them all over the place. As I travel around and speak at churches, I'm meeting these people all the time. Children who are homeschooled, who are engaged in a a good Christian school, true education style, who are not being raised with video games and sugar and high fructose corn syrup and animal products, kids that live in the country and do gardening, they are the healthiest people you'll ever meet. So this, this article is filled with a whole bunch of propaganda. Last month, uh, it emerged that what w- the child had been, quote, subjected to a vegan diet. And notice, remember, the article title was prison food. I think it would be great if prisoners were fed a well-rounded, balanced diet of plant-based organic food. That would really, really be great for them. Unfortunately, this isn't prison food. Uh, it would It would be great if it was everybody's food because we get so much good nutrition out of those plant foods, minimizing the dairy and the and the meat to the extent possible, according to Republica Savino said quote for years now and particularly in the last decade, the belief has been spreading that a vegetarian diet, even in its most rigid form as a vegan diet provides substantial contributions to health. This insidious, subversive, radicalized movement of people who are eating fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and whole grains and legumes and all the wonderful plant items that the Lord has provided for us in the Garden of Eden. They say the problem arises when children are to be involved. Children are being involved in this radicalized diet. She notes that her bill was aimed at stigmatizing, quote, reckless eating. Now, there is such a thing as reckless eating for feeding our children fried chicken and pizza hut and Mountain Dew and just filled with all sorts of unhealthy things, whether vegan or animal based, whether that's just sugar, which is a plant, or whether that's loaded up with cheese and, and hormone laden milk and antibiotic fed beef and chicken and pork and all of these things coming from the factory farm food system of big food, all of that is toxic. And so that there is reckless eating happening. I'm not proposing that you have, you know, criminal offense, criminal prosecutions for all this, but we need some education. This article is certainly threatening, what was it, four years in prison, for feeding your children a vegan diet in Italy if this bill passes. Unbelievable. Okay, continuing on to other topics today. You know, I do like to hit the health topics. That's very important to all of us because it affects our lives. It affects the way we feel. It affects the way that we think, how clearly we think, how we can even perceive divine truth in the Bible, perceive the voice of God in our lives, have emotional balance, self-control, And of course, longevity and high energy and physical health as well. All of this matters a lot. And when it comes to our children, it matters a lot. When we get them off the high processed, high sugar, high uh, trans fatty acid, high animal products, processed diet and put them on lots and lots of plants. Their behavior starts to change. Their attitude starts to change. They start thinking more clearly and having a much, much happier existence. So this health stuff matters a lot to me. And anything with related to religious liberties matters a lot. Because as the people of God, when, whenever you hear threats of legal enactments that will take away people's freedom to choose their religious convictions, their diet, you name it. Uh, That's a a red flag. I mean, that's a wake-up call moment that we're heading into the last days here. And on top of it, that article that we just spent all that time on, it's a reason that we spent that much time on it, my friends, because the family is the sacred institution, the most important. And it says... In Malachi, and it says in the book of Joel that in the last days, God is going to use the youth, going to use the sons and daughters who will be going forth to call out a remnant with this everlasting gospel message, and the the message will will, will take place because the hearts of the children have been turned to the hearts of the fathers and vice versa. A restoration of the family, a revival of the family will take place as a precipitating sign of the times, and we see the breakdown of the family, and that's definitely definitely a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, but also the restoration of the family is a not just a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, but a precipitating catalyst to bring about the final message of hope and warning and gospel truth with the missionary fervor that will go forth from the children, from the youth, from the families as restored by God. That is exciting biblical news. And you know what that means? That means Jesus is going to come soon if we live this out. He will, it says, Peter writes that we can hasten the coming of Christ, hasten, quicken the coming of Christ by our lives, the way we live. And that means that when I wake up in the morning and I start spinning my wheels for the day, where is my trajectory? Is it toward my own agenda? Am I off on my own tangents and paths in life? Or do I begin and ask, Lord, what have you said in your word? And I open the word of God and allow him to speak to me, speak into my life, into my thoughts, into my to-do list. What is my agenda for the day? It needs to be based upon a thus saith the Lord. That, that I have a mission and a purpose in this life, an identity as a child of God, as one of his redeemed ones. And when we get that and we start modeling that in the home to our children, calling and inviting our children into that and exercising this way of Christian living as a family with a healthy life and everything, with a love for souls, a love for the lost. My friends, we're going to be in heaven before you know it. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com the three biggest events in the history of redemption one the exodus experience two the first coming of christ and three the soon second coming of christ well what do all three of these have in common pharaoh throw all the baby boys in the nile herod kill the babies in and around bethlehem well what about today as we anticipate the second coming the attack is on once again not only through the annihilation of 50 million aborted babies but the media and the schools are targeting our kids. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called, How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. Who would have thought that... Souls of man. Oh, you rescue the souls of man. And we're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. The website is 11thhourdispatch.com. We're continuing on with some other news topics today. CNBC reports the notoriously bearish Mark Faber is doubling down on his dire market view. The editor and publisher of the Gloom, Doom, and Boom Report said Monday on CNBC's Trading Nation that stocks are likely to enter a gut-wrenching drop that would rival the great crashes in stock market history. He says, now before I give you his quote, you might remember last year in August and then in, in January, the end of December and into January, we had two you know pretty precipitous stock stock market events in America. The whole world has been really facing a tumultuous past year. And the question is, what's coming next? You know, you can have a million forecasts, and that can be kind of like forecasting the weather. You know, never know exactly what's going to happen. But Mark Faber, uh, CNBC reports from his, his financial newsletter and report, suggesting, quote, I think we can easily give back five years of capital gains, which would take the market down to around 1,100. He's speaking of the S&P 500 index. All of this is saying he's, he's predicting a stock market crash of 50%. Now, that isn't necessarily take it to the bank, uh, no pun intended. It's not necessarily something that we count on, that, you, you know, there's a lot of different people making different predictions. But one common thread that you find from all of the top financial analysts in institutional warnings from the Bank of England and from, from all of the different uh, financial sectors of the world is that What we have right now is a prosperity that's based upon artificial manipulation of the monetary supply, of a debt-based system where you have a debt crisis on the horizon, and according to Mark Faber, that will have implications in stocks. We'll keep an eye on that. This has pretty important implications in terms of the stability on the globe and the final fulfillment of prophecy, which will have economic implications. We've talked about that before on the broadcast. Just visit BibleProphecyTruth.com. BibleProphecyTruth.com That's a much, much more important thing to do than any of the entertainments that we might engage in after work or uh, the diversions and pleasures of this age where we waste our time, we eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And literally the fate of people that live that will be death. The second death will take place and they will not have eternal life and what a tragedy that would be because jesus came to die for every soul there's not a single person that needs to die everybody can have eternal life if they will receive him and study the bible and seek him seek his life by faith com is a great place to start with that endeavor of seeking the lord jesus in your life but back to the news uk mail Reports, a transgender former banker claims to be the first and only person to have both ears cosmetically removed as part of her ongoing quest to transition into a dragon. This is, again, not fake news. This is real. You might remember the story from yesterday about the man who lives as a vampire. This woman is, I don't know if you'd call her trans species here or whatever, but she is a dragon. Um, And formerly a he, this is born, he was, he was born as Richard Hernandez in Maricopa County, Arizona. The 55 year old has undergone a number of painful procedures over the past few years, including nose modification, tooth extraction, the nose was pretty much removed, tooth extraction, and eye coloring. She, he transitioned to a she, so this is a female dragon, I guess. She had a forked tongue and a full face tattoo as part of her transformation into, quote, a mythical beast. Now going by the full name, Eva Tiamat Baphomet Medusa, or Tiamat for short, the name of a dragon video game character. She has taken on several personas over the years and undergone multiple stages of transformations before finally settling on becoming a dragon. She has also had horns implanted onto her forehead and tattoos and, and Scarifications on her face and chest that resemble reptilian scales. The whites of Tiamat's eyes are stained green, giving her what she giving her what she calls her Medusa green eyes of death. She now likes to be known as the Dragon Lady and describes herself as a mythical beast. Does your heart not break for this person who was created in the image of God? And. The devil, who, interestingly, in the book of Revelation, is likened unto a dragon, has sought to mar and debase the image of God in man, to distort and destroy what was left of that which proves God's character of love. The human being was a being that was intended to show forth and transmit the truth of God's glorious character of love. And what have we done to the human being? I mean, most people don't go to these crazy lengths, but how, how symbolic, how apropos that she's being transformed into a dragon. The image of Satan. Of course, all of us in our own lives may not go through crazy, weird, you know, freakish things like this. But to the extent that we accept the devil's temptation in our life, to the accept that we heed his deceptions and go to the pleasure for self rather than to glorify God, we're going down the exact same path. This poor Richard Hernandez, now the dragon lady, is a very clear object lesson for the path that each one of us can go down spiritually with the conforming of our mind to the pattern of this world. Praise be to God that Jesus Christ provides the hope, the answer, and that is that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's Romans 12, verse 2. We can have a new heart and a right spirit. Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross so that we can be saved. And if we accept him by faith and follow him, if we abide in him, if we remain in him, having his heart, his mind implanted into ours, we need to undergo some modifications. We need a bit of transition. And no, I don't mean transition into another gender or another species. I mean a transition, a, a surgical removal of my stony heart of flesh and a, an a implanting of a new heart and a right spirit. And that will transform us into the image of Christ rather than the dragon. UK Independent reports, a compulsive hoarder has been found crushed to death under a mound of rubbish rubbish this is garbage police said the man 51 who lived in alcabre in northwest spain was believed to have suffered from diogenes syndrome a condition which people often collect a condition in which people often collect things compulsively and neglect themselves he was discovered by police after a friend living in the canary islands expressed concern over his lack of communication the deceased had not used facebook For at least six days, local newspaper reported. On investigation, the call... On investigating the call, police found piles of rubbish at the man's property. It was something out of the ordinary, officers told the newspaper. Yeah, you can see pictures of it. That's an understatement. Something out of the ordinary. It was just absolutely piled and piled and piled with garbage and refuse. His corpse was discovered crushed between a collapsed heap of garbage and a door to the house. Such was the quantity of rubbish that officers struggled to enter the house, and firefighters were called in to remove his body. This is another heartbreaking, sad end to a human being who the devil had gotten a hold of in his own peculiar way, becoming so addicted to the compiling of stuff, the the, the, the hoarding of stuff, to the point where they even have a diagnosable mental disorder for this, Diogenes Syndrome, whether you need a name for it or not, every disorder that we have comes down to a brokenness within the human species, a brokenness of mind, a, a sin issue within each one of us, or that we were born with an inherited predispositions and, 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 and propensities for one thing or another. And, you know, many of us, for, for many of us, that is a collection of stuff, a covetousness, a seeking for consumer goods at the expense of blessing others, giving gifts of beneficence to the poor, to the cause of God, seeking for self, pleasure, consumption, consumerism. And though we may not literally perish under the heap of rubbish that compiles in our life spiritually, is the never-ending quest for consumer goods that will bring pleasure, is that crushing us out spiritually? An important question for each one of us to face. Now on the religious liberties issue, I've been sitting on this story for quite a little while. This is a huge, huge story. Christianity Today reports yesterday, this was a couple of weeks ago, Russia's new anti-terrorism laws, which restrict Christians from evangelizing outside their churches, went into effect. How many times have I said on the broadcast, watch for all of this Islamic jihad insanity to lead to crackdowns, which will then be also imposed on Christians? We're seeing it happen already. The Yaravoya package requires missionaries in Russia to have this is this is not Soviet Union. This is supposedly free Russia must have a permit to engage in missionary activity. The law makes churches illegal house churches illegal, limits religious activity to registered church buildings. Individuals who disobey could be fined up to $780. Congregate organizations could be fined more than $15,000. The new laws will, quote, create conditions for the repression of all Christians, wrote Russia's Baptist Council of Churches in an open letter. Any person who mentions their religious view or reflections out loud or puts them in writing without the relevant documents, permits, could be accused of illegal missionary activity. Requiring a permit to evangelize is not only absurd, says the council, uh, but also creates the basis for mass persecution of believers for violating these provisions, read another open letter signed by Protestant churches of Russia. leader, Sergei Ryhovsky, among other signatories. The law is the most draconian anti-religion bill to be proposed in Russia since Nikita Khrushchev promised to eliminate Christianity in the Soviet Union. The Yaravoya Laws, Yaravaya Laws, Also earned censure from those outside Russia. The European Evangelical Alliance stated that it was extremely concerned about how the law greatly restricts religious freedom and urged Christians to pray. And I want to urge the listener to pray that this new law unites Christians in a new way, and I mean unites us around Bible truth, and pray that this time of trial will be used by the Lord to strengthen and grow His church. The U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom said that it, quote, strongly condemns the measures which commissioner, Commission Chair Thomas J. Reed said, would make it easier for Russian authorities to repress religious communities, stifle peaceful dissent, and detain and imprison people. However, how Russia's new laws will be applied is a very huge question mark, Slavic Gospel Association Communications Manager Joel Griffith told Mission News Network. His admonition is this, and I want to say an amen to this, pray that the law will not be enforced or interpreted as strictly as it was written. Oh, boy, you just wait for the right major crises, and they'll go to this law to the T, throw the book at missionaries and beyond. We've got to pray for protection and that the gospel would go forth quickly. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11 Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Recreation versus amusement. Here in this quotation from the book, Education. Recreation, when true to its name, recreation tends to strengthen and build up. Calling us aside from our ordinary cares and occupations, it affords refreshment for mind and body, and thus enables us to return with new vigor to the earnest work of life. Amusement, on the other hand, is sought for the sake of pleasure and is often carried to excess. It absorbs the energies that are required for useful labor and thus proves a hindrance to life's true success. So you see two competing principles at work. Recreation is a recreating thing. It fills me with new life and vigor. But amusement, you heard, is different. Amusement is more of just a distraction. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.